Hi, right, gang. Welcome back uh, to another episode of the Meeting of the Unknowing Minds podcast. Uh, well, uh, great to have everybody back here. Um, last time we had a great discussion from everything from COVID and uh, track meets that included fire javelins, things along those lines. Um, and today, we can dive into a couple other topics that are hitting us pretty hard, uh, especially some of the things the NCAA came down with. So, so honestly, pull up a chair here at the table, grab whatever you want to drink, sit back, relax. It's a holiday weekend, uh, and so everybody's got hopefully some great plans on the on the on the horizon. I know we got a couple birthdays and anniversaries and things like that going on, but uh, to start out right away, um, the man that takes care of the media and the designs and stuff for us, the head coach, the director, excuse me, of track and field and cross country. We've got Darren Flowers from UTRGV. How we doing, Darren? Doing well, man. Happy birthday to uh, my daughter, Leah. She's seven. So, you know, we're planning a little little shindig this afternoon. So, excited about that. That'll be fun. That'll be awesome. Um, seven years old, man. I can't wait till mine gets that old. I don't know if I want them that old. It's too see. quick, man. It's too fast. <laughs> it's too fast. We've got, yeah, we've got uh, John Bell, the director of track and field and cross country uh, at St. Louis University on the call as well. Hi guys. Well, uh, good to be here again. And uh, Darren, I will tell you at seven, uh, I, with having a 12 year old and a 14 year old, the problems, they, they don't change. They just get, they get worse. <laughs> they get worse. <laughs> but happy birthday to your daughter. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, we've got um, the associate head coach at the University of Nevada, the multis jumps. He does a little bit of everything. Uh, coach distance before at other schools, uh, but we've got Scott Williamson on the call as well. Hey guys, looking forward to some great conversation today. Hope everybody's going to get to enjoy a little bit of uh, some good weather for the holiday weekend. We've got um, as well, we're going to go from VCU, still back to Wisconsin guy, but now out in VSEP, VCU, the jumps, uh, multis. You just, is just the, just the multis? I keep telling, calling you the jumps, Tom. Yeah, jumps, multis, hurdles. I forgot the hurdles. I apologize. It jumps, multis, and hurdles, man. So things going well out there? Yeah, so far so good. It's hot. It's about 90 degrees. Ooh. Man, feels like it's going to be Birmingham down here. Um, we've got the uh, director of track and field and cross country and the man who knows how to find every single McDonald's in New Jersey. Uh, he's got one of those radar antennas somewhere. Uh, we've got Mr. Mike Nelson on the call as well. Hello, everyone. Where are you at right now? You're at the beach, you're in the pool, where are you at? I'm in the car on the way back home. Uh, we, we went on a little sightseeing tour. Okay. So did this McDonald's have a playground or not? We just went to Jersey Mike's. <laughs> Changing it up, high class, all right, sweet. Um, we've got, um, going against my rival here, my alumni rival here, but at the same time we have uh, an Iowa State great, uh, the jumps multis coach at the University of Alabama at Birmingham UAB National Qualifier at Iowa State, if I'm not mistaken. She does a little bit of everything else as well. Uh, uh, welcome to the podcast for the first time, Ms. Jordan Andreessen. Hello, hello. I'm excited to be here and to, to talk about all these topics today. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have you. It's, kind of, it's good to actually see you again, by the way, too. And uh, we've also got, um, lastly, but definitely not least, uh, we've got Coach Alina Derricote out of Monmouth University, the Sprints Hurdles, uh, hailing from the great, well, now she's up in Monmouth in New Jersey, of course, but uh, home state of Virginia. Alina, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Um, thanks for having me in. Glad to be here. Let's get started. Yeah, this will be fun. No, welcome. We're excited to have you here. Um, 
I think one topic just to start with, just because we've been we've been debating this on, on a, we've got a uh, a side text group text message and everything like that is easily probably the best thing to start with is the how much do you pay for pizza? And it seems like a weird question, but we got on this topic a, a few days ago because uh, Scott was upset about paying. I don't know, 30 or 40 bucks for like a three topping pizza along with, uh, I don't even know if you got a drink or a dessert with that. Uh, there was no drink. It was a, it was an order of mediocre chicken wings and a large three topping pizza. And with a tip, it was almost $60. I mean, did it come with a gold plate or did it come with like a limo to pull the thing up? I mean, how it was a good, I think it was a decent pizza, but it wasn't uh, it was a, nothing spectacular. But now, 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 when you even try to find some of the cheaper places, you know, obviously, you know, there's the Papa John's and, um, you know, Domino's and things around here, but it's hard for them to deliver and stuff. So, you know, they're, um, but still it was like, I mean, it was hard to find a, you know, one of our places out here is like a round, it's called a round table and just getting like a, a normal pizza is like 30 bucks. It's crazy. I have to ask this in the world of COVID, you have it delivered. Did they just leave it at your doorstep? I mean, are they literally dropping off a $60 pizza at your doorstep? Because when I order Papa John's, they just leave it on the doorstep and leave. Uh, uh, no, they, they oh, don't. The other, they, they ring the doorbell. I have to corral my dog because she's going crazy uh, <laughs> so I can answer the door. Um, and then, you know, they take it and give me the receipt. Well, that's what you're paying an extra 15 bucks for then. Well, I mean, I felt like I was tipping the guy. That personal uh, experience. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mean, telling you, I, I order Papa John's now, and they just drop it on the doorstep. And I, I, I pay about $14 for a pizza, and I think it's highway robbery because, again, I'm a vegan, right? So there's no cheese on this pizza. There's no meat. It's like veggies and sauce. $14, and that's, that's too much. And you know those pizzas cost $1.50 to make. Yeah. I mean, that is great profit margin. Yeah. I'm in the wrong business. We may, we may all be in the wrong business. Well, well that better be a backup plan. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, what is it out there on the East Coast? What are you guys paying out there? I just paid uh, roughly around $20 for a two-topping pizza, which seems more reasonable. Um, I can give you that. Yeah, it's a little more reasonable. Yeah. Was it a local place? Was it a chain? Where'd you get it from? Uh, it's a place called Marco's Pizza. I'm not sure if it's a chain or not. There's a few of them out here in Richmond. Um, I just started popping up recently. So I tell you what, we just I just got it's fun when you know people about pizza, but at the same time, like a, if you got a 10 inch pizza with like what do we get a 10 inch deep dish pizza with uh, sausage, uh, pepperoni, onions, peppers. Um, yeah, I think that was uh, knowing people. It's fourteen, but if I went straight regular, it would have been twenty-five. But it's a deep dish pizza, so it's going to always cost a little bit more. But I don't know. I think I think thirty dollars, sixty dollars for wings and pizza is. I mean, unless had a fifteen dollars delivery fee, that's still way high. Well, the pizza alone was like uh, thirty. It was thirty-four dollars, like just the pizza. Like that's why I go with the uh, I go with the four dollar tombstone special from the grocery <laughs> store. And to be honest, I, I I it wasn't much better than that. You know, I usually get the I used to buy those uh you know, especially when I was in college, those tombstones. 
you know, where mm -hmm. you used to get them four or five for $10. And then I'd throw some of my own cheese on there. And I mean, I was, I was golden. I, I remember uh, living with Mike Nelson in graduate school and getting a bunch of Jack's pizzas. That was, that was always a great deal. Oh yeah. You used to get like the Jack's pizzas five for 10 bucks. That was a great deal. Absolutely. You got to go to like Papa Murphy's now on like Tuesdays or Fridays and get like the $5 special and $9.99 special. And you know, normally throw in like a pound or a couple pounds of like cookie dough or a salad or something like that. Yeah, you can make that stuff last, get a little chocolate chip cookies. Right. Yeah. I think my girls will yell at me if we uh, talk about, you know, chocolate chip cookies and that kind of stuff, like eating those things. But the funny thing is we actually, we talked, touched on it a little bit. Um, do we deliver the pizza? What do you do with the pizza when it's sitting on your on the doorstep, or do you actually have somebody come talk to you? You know, we've got uh, later today. I believe we've got uh, we're going. We're upgrading to the uh, fiber optic uh, internet in the house, so I'm looking forward to that. But at the same time, the guys are calling. I'm getting text messages and emails with, "Here's all the COVID restrictions and COVID rules, and this is what we're going to follow, and here's what we're going to do." And I'm like, "Good night." This is. I mean, I'm glad we're doing it, but holy cow, it's amazing, and we know something. COVID has smacked us in the face still um last week the ncaa came out and said i think actually on the podcast it came out that saying that we had uh, a dead period all the way through the end of august august 31st uh which puts a, a huge hamper and i'm starting to feel bad for the seniors right now because unless they unless they make a campus visit themselves uh where we can't do anything of course um they're kind of hamstrung with recruiting and how we do things and again for to our new one here or listening to the podcast and are unsure a dead period is essentially you can have uh, a collegiate coach or a recruitable st prospective student athlete cannot have any contact with the coach. They cannot come on campus and do an unofficial visit. We cannot do an official visit. We cannot travel to the house and meet the family, the coaches, anything along those lines. So no contact other than phone calls, emails, text messages. Uh, we can FaceTime and do that stuff. So we can do the contact uh, via, you know, the cell phone or, you know, Zoom calls or whatever. We can't do anything else. So uh, the, one of the biggest questions is how, how are you guys in this COVID era right now, how are you guys recruiting? What are you, what are you guys doing differently? How are you talking to recruits? Are you, are you striking out more? Are kids kind of already saying, nope, I'm on this line? Or did, were you lucky enough? I know um, I did a few of my unofficial visits before. I had seven kids on campus before uh, this hit in March. And so I was lucky that I got some of my kids on, but now I've got to find other kids and, and get them interested. So what are you, what are you guys doing? Well, I'll, I'll jump in there. Um, you know, we, uh, you know, you're right. You know, um, I had a lot of kids that are recruits that I was, you know, chatting with that, you know, they were very interested in us here at Nevada, but you know, once this happened and it looked more like, you know, they were going to um, not open it up to, you know, visits to campus, they just eliminated us. You know, they, they just went with, you know, the schools that they had already visited and that was kind of going to be their, you know, pool of who they were going to select from. Um, having said that, we, we started to get a little creative and we created some, some PowerPoint presentations um, that kind of um, – that we could present to them that kind of would give them a good feeling about campus. You know, our, our university, um, you know, came up with some uh, virtual tours that, you know, we could promote. Um, I, I think I might be a little bit luckier than, than most because I actually do a lot of international recruiting. So it really didn't change that much um, in terms of the international recruiting. Um, it's it's going to change a lot if they actually can get here or not. Um, 
but you know, we, we kind of went to some, you know, the PowerPoint presentations and um, virtual tours and, you know, kind of just doing the best we can. And Tom, I know you guys have done some, what did you guys, remind me what you guys did, because you guys put some stuff together if I can remember correctly. Yeah, a few years ago, um, I was doing some research on what recruiting pages look like for different universities. And there wasn't much out there. A lot of it was just PDF documents or, or you know, just the back end of a website. Um, and so what we tried to do is put together something that was a little bit more marketable for a university that answers a lot of the questions that we've received over the years, whether that be, um, you know, what, what uh, universities or colleges are at your university, um, what the process is like with the NCAA, uh, as far as the eligibility center, um, pretty much any question that you would receive, uh, we tried to put on this website and do it in a, I don't know, flashy manner, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and we send that out to a lot of our recruits. I think what we're seeing now with a lot of the virtual tours um, is actually pretty good. I just, you know, I feel bad for the universities that don't have the opportunity to, to put things like that together um, because as we were starting to see, everything's becoming more and more mobile. And, you know, the easiest way to reach kids right now when you can't actually go out and see them and they can't come and see you is, is through technology. So I think there's going to be a big emphasis on technology in the future moving forward. And, you know, I'm hopeful that every university can step their game up. That's one of the things. Jordan, what are you doing? What are you, what are you, what are you doing with your kids? I do a lot of video calls. Um, I am actually going to have a video call with an athlete where I'm going to walk around the track um, and yeah. be on the facility um, so they can kind of see it, um, kind of walk them through a little bit of everything. Um, I have videos of, you know, the weight room um, and that type of stuff. Even Bell I, that I took uh, that I'll send to them so they kind of get a feel. Um, I've even asked, you know, some of the girls to collab and kind of get together if they're there and make like a small little video, just kind of introducing themselves, you know, what they do, um, what they major in, that type of stuff. Um, in case anybody asks, you know, like, what, how is the team? I can say, oh, here's a video of this, you know, of them. They're just kind of introducing themselves, you know, what they're majoring in, their events, um, and just a little tidbit about themselves, just because, you know, being on a visit, it's so important for the athletes to meet the team. Um, and that's kind of one of the things that gets the athletes interested besides, you know, us as coaches and maybe the facilities is the student athletes. Um, so definitely trying to just kind of bring a personalized experience, obviously within NCAA rules um, to the potential, you know, recruits. I think you bring up a good point there because I think, you know, and today, like, and even before this hit, um, coaches have to be technologically savvy, you know, and, and I know, you know, but like I said, before all this went down, we were getting some interest from kids just because of what our, uh, media relations was putting out the videos they were putting out, or even just personal videos that I was putting out, uh, you know, watching our kids work out, um, in the weight room, in the environment that, that, you know, a recruit would be in. Uh, if they signed with us and, and came and participated. So I think, you know, that stuff can go a really long way, especially now when we can't have contact. And and obviously now also uh, when you're evaluating kids, it, it's all through video. 
right? So um, I, I think it's really important that that line of communication is, is, uh, is solid for a coach in this day and age. You know, I, I really like your idea of, you know, the video of, uh, you know, the teammates and stuff, because, you know, when kids, when they're looking for a uh, university, that's got to be like one of the most important things is, you know, a fit. And uh, I know it's going to be something that is kind of worrisome as we move forward with this is the kids that don't get a chance to visit our campus, you know, how are they going to fit in and adapt when they didn't get that experience of coming on campus and, you know, being around the team. So that's, it's going to be interesting. And what are you guys doing at SLU? I mean, pretty much everybody else has already said a lot of video, a lot of still pictures, um, you know, zoom calls, all that email, I mean, doing all that stuff. I think, you know, we're fortunate that our admissions office has some really nice virtual tours of dorms and, and residence halls and dining halls and, and all that. Uh, you know, each, each academic department does uh, kind of as you search our website and you see go into specific academic programs, each program has, has tours and, of their facilities and, and different things. So it's, you know, really beneficial that way, I think the hardest part of recruiting right now and Darren kind of touched on this a little bit is, is the evaluation piece. You know, you, again, since we recruit so much later than like softball or volleyball in, in the cycle, um, you know, are these young people that we're recruiting, you know, typically have a junior year of, of track and field uh, and now we're recruiting on, on sophomore times, you know, sophomore times and distances. And that's, you know, I've talked with my staff about it, and that's really going to present some challenges because I just think kids make so many uh, improvements. You know, high school kids make so many improvements from, from sophomore to junior year and then obviously junior into senior year. But, you know, we just don't have that, that junior year. So how do you accurately evaluate uh, somebody? And I think the answer is you don't. It just, it's, 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 a, it's a guessing game. And, I hope we're guessing right on, on some of these kids. So. Well, and I think too, I think, you know, as a coach, you, you really have to up your evaluation skills. Um, as far as, you know, the biomechanics of a kid, the way a kid's put together, the way that they run, um, what's their potential, you know, like there's so many other, I mean, things that were important before, but now are exceedingly important because you're not looking at verified times, you know, I, I want, I want to see kids work out. I want to see kids do drills. Um, you know, those are good points. You know, and the thing that I, I historically have ne in, in my entire career, I don't really, um, I mean, I talk to high school coaches and I think there's, there's a time and place for that, but I don't rely on what the high school coach tells me. Uh, and that's not nothing against high school coaches, but I think, you know, when you, when you start talking, you know, you talk to some high school coaches and, you know, when you, when you're recruiting at the division one level, every kid, well, this is the best kid I've ever coached. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it probably is the best kid you've ever coached. There's a reason I'm recruiting them, him or her. Uh, they're a talented athlete. Uh, so that, that doesn't really help me much, but now I really am going to have to rely and, and really peel the onion with a lot of the high school coaches and, and coaches a little bit more and, and, and ask deeper questions and more questions because you know, I need that much more information without having that, that junior year of, of tangible, you know, tangible evidence in front of me. Have, have any of you guys uh, 
done, you know, scholarship offers or kind of changed your, um, uh, I don't know, based off like some of these virtual meets that they're having or like a practice session that a kid had where they went out and did like a time trial or um, something like that? I've, with one of my girls I have, um, I've definitely, because I mean, I had a video of her running, uh, it was a mile by herself. Um, and I was like, geez, Louise, that was pretty good. And I already knew what she did for cross country wise as well from the Fort Walker South Regional. So hit the mile, hit that, and I go, yeah, that's going to, yeah, that's definitely going to be, the money will be there. And, and I didn't have to discuss numbers because, of course, legally you can't yet. But at the same time, I said, yeah, just we'll get the scholarship offered to you um, without a question as soon as we're legally allowed to. I think it's great. If a kid can do that and can show you that that's going on, then they know for a fact. On the distance side, they know for a fact that this is what's, you know, that, boom, we've got this. I think you could maybe, you know, jumps coaches, you guys can speak to this as well, too, because, I don't coach it, but if you see a kid go out and jump, and we I've seen videos online where kids go out and jump, or Elena, you were talking, you know, with the sprint, you see people go sprinting around. Take that into consideration and say, yeah, we can get a scholarship for you, you know, or whatever the case might be, a, par- a partial, of course. Uh, for me, it's a little different. Um, I, I can't really, um, based off of what they're doing right now, I wouldn't change a scholarship offer. I think I would just, the only way I would change a scholarship offer is if, um, you know, I talked to the athlete and, um, I don't know. I really don't know what made, what made me change the scholarship offer. Um, I, I base my evaluation off of everything that I see and the questions that are answered when I'm talking to the athlete, when I'm communicating with the athlete, I don't really use coaches. Um, and I like to recruit raw athletes. So, um, yeah, that I don't really see myself changing a scholarship offer at this point especially since there are no like you said official times or based on a time trial um just based off of what i coach sprints and hurdles you know it's it's too many factors there yeah it's, uh, oh, i'm sorry go ahead Darren. i was gonna say that um you know we've all gotten those emails that just say hey coach would love to join your team hit me back but i have no information right like no zero information right I, i'm not i'm not replying to those emails i get enough so you know i think it's you know if there are student athletes high school student athletes out there listening i think they need to understand that now more than ever you have to be proactive uh in reaching out if you want to be a part of a program if you want to uh you know have a spot on a roster be proactive get video make sure that you have uh your academics right make sure that uh you know, I mean, I think I think sometimes that's undervalued and because I know coaches want to see that these kids are going to be successful in academics, right? And not only that, they're going to be part of building your team culture. So, um, you know, like what uh, was alluded to earlier, you got to have a conversation with the kid. Is this kid going to fit the culture? Is, are they going to fit within the group that you're working with? There's so many other factors than just a time. Right. And I think it's important that student athletes know that, realize that and and are organized about it more than ever. Well, you're talking about you're talking about culture. And I think one of the hardest things that's going to be that comes from this, uh, you know, virus that's going around right now is the lack of ability to meet with teammates. A lot of times we rely on official visits on what our current uh, student athletes have to say 
about the, the incoming or potential student athletes. I mean, that, that weighs pretty heavily on, are they going to fit in? And with this, you know, with a visits up in the air, even right now, I think that's going to be kind of a big issue. Um, I know, you know, Jordan was talking about how, you know, you get some of them on, on a, uh, a video or something, but that's, that's kind of one way, you know, how is this going to work when we're, when we're all not allowed to have people on campus, if we're not allowed to have people on campus, what does that culture, what does that do for your team culture? It's a, excuse me, apologies. It's a great question. Um, Cause you're, you're hoping everything works. I mean, we, I know at UAB, we will now have, uh, we're not allowed to be on, we have no visitors on campus for the year. And so if you want a kid, you know, I know one thing Jordan and I do a lot of is we put our student athletes in, uh, in the dorms with other women. Like we, we absolutely do that. And as you said, Tom, that's a great point. We, that we take that, what they tell us and boom, off they go. I mean, and we take that knowledge and run with it. So we're going to put them up in the hotel, which is great, but there's going to be a little bit more cost uh, to that because now you have to pay for the hotel rooms already. Mom and dad are coming in, so it won't be that big of a deal on the cost. But now if you don't have parents coming in, you've got to pay for that as well. And you're right. What are we going to do when, when kids, kids can fly in? Are we going to be able to fly? Because for you know, a Nevada place, you guys are not the easiest to drive to when it comes down to it, depending on where you are. You know, you're going to fly a lot of kids in. We, we tend to fly a lot of kids in, uh, you know, just because of our event groups. So that stuff's going to be easy. Hard. I think, I think on the flip side of the, I mean, on the other side of this is um, not only the evaluation you get from your kids, you know, with, with, with recruits, but, you know, that student athlete, has, um, you know, as they're trying to, as that, as that prospect is trying to evaluate your institution and staying the night in the dorms as part of, of, you know, what it's like to live on campus and maybe go to a class and see what class is like. And, you know, that's going to be, uh, you know, on their part, their evaluation isn't going to be the same. And so it, it's, it's a mixed bag, I think, on, on both ends, both the, 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 the program and the coaches and the, and the prospective staff. And they're not getting, they're just not getting the same experience. Uh, with, with you know with this virus and the, and the visits zoom is great and you know i think you're able to get some very basic information the virtual tours you're able to do some very basic information and go to get a a foundational idea of what the institution is like but those <laughs> that human interaction is critically important i think and does anybody have any anybody have any idea when this thing's uh, it's a dumb question to ask when it's going to end but i mean are we going to be doing this for how long do you guys think this recruiting period, this dead period is going to go? Months, do we even? I think for a long time. I mean, I, I, I don't want to be a naysayer necessarily, but like, I mean, things are getting worse where we're here, where uh, down here, where we're at. I mean, it's, it's, uh, the situation's out of control. Um, I would not feel comfortable bringing a kid in right now. Um, I don't think they would feel comfortable coming in right now. Um, so I think, we've got a long way till we're out of the woods on this thing. And I think, uh, you know, this is fundamentally going to change college athletics and the way it looks, the way we operate. And I think it's good that we're having these discussions because, um, you know, maybe we are coming up with a, a few ideas and at least thinking some things through, uh, and can have some form of preparation for how this thing is going to look coming out on the other side. 
I know one thing, um, you know, speaking of um, moving forward and what we've been utilizing, I know we, we do utilize Zoom calls and things like that. And I think communication is definitely key. The more you communicate with these athletes, the more you get to know them and the more you can pay attention to kind of the red flags um, in communication and things like that, that may be um, an indicator of them not fitting the culture of the team or something like that. Um, another thing that I think we've been doing a good job at utilizing at Monmouth is our social media. Um, you know, we've had, uh, we posted a lot of videos of our team interacting with each other. Um, our, our athletes will take over and go live and things like that. So athletes can really see the personality of the athletes on our team. Well, our prospective athletes can see the personality of the athletes on our team and um, see us as coaches interacting with them, posting videos and things like that. Um, on our social media, you know, these um, incoming athletes, these prospective student athletes are really, you know, they, they weigh heavily on social media, you know, and um, Instagram and Facebook and things like that. So I think the more we use social media, the more they can get a picture of um, the culture of our team and the personalities of the athletes on our team. I think, uh, Elena, actually, you just mentioned something really good in there. I don't, um, I think that we've all kind of We've talked about culture. We've talked about, um, you know, making sure kids fit. And Tom, you mentioned it was a, you know, do the kids fit? Do you have that human interaction? What do your athletes think? Alina, talk about something here for a second. You mentioned what, um, what are the red flags? Jordan, what are the red flags you guys see for your kids? I mean, you so many times you see a, uh, a football coach gets applauded and no disrespect to football coaches, but they get applauded or basketball coach gets applauded for, you know, they post out and says, you know, they can't, you know, on a Twitter saying, you know, I just, unfollowed a kid or stopped recruiting a kid because of what he posted. You know, what are some of those red flags that you guys see, especially in today's world? Um, as far as social media, um, I definitely look at things that they post, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, pertaining to the culture, like you said. Um, other things are, you know, how they email, uh, returning phone calls, just how they communicate. You know, if you ask for something, say their transcripts or something, if, if an athlete sends me an interest, an interest email and they already have their transcripts and test scores attached, then, hey, you know, I know they're really interested. So um, things like this just getting back to me and um, I, another thing that I look for is an independent athlete. You know, I, I like athletes that communicate with me and don't necessarily, they can have their parents on the call and things like that, but I like an athlete with their own mind that know, knows what they want and can communicate that effectively and don't necessarily have to have their parents um, telling them, you know, what to ask and what to do. Um, that shows me that they're responsible and they'll probably be a, a good fit for the team. And then that's when we move forward in the process. I definitely agree. Um, I like the student athlete, um, the parents that, you know, you're going, to, you're going to have the student athletes, parents that are a little bit more hands-on than others, just because they could be, you know, first generation college students. So they're learning just as much as the student athlete is. Um, but definitely those who know what they want, um, who do well emailing and communicating back and forth. They're not using slang terms. Their emails are very well written out. They give you information, not just, hey, I'm excited to talk to you. I really, you know, think I'll be beneficial to your team. And there's no stats. There's no test scores. There's nothing that gives me any indication that, oh, okay, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, so definitely um, that. But then with social media, the posts, you know, are they mature enough to understand that their social media is basically the face of them? Um, at times, 
So whatever they post on social media, even if it could be a joke to them, others might not think it is. So if you have a student athlete who's smart and respectful of what they post, that says a lot to their character. That says a lot to how they're, they're approaching life, I think. Um, in my opinion, um, I know, you know, when we were younger, we all posted, you know, silly things or might have been inappropriate um, things on social media when we had it, if we, you know, if you did growing up. Um, but it's just, it's really important to see, you know, kind of where their values stand because social media is where they can really express themselves. With this generation coming up, this is how they express themselves. This is how they communicate. This is how they're able to be themselves. And it shows a lot from what they post, um, kind of their character. So I stopped recruiting a young lady because of what was posted on her Facebook and on her Twitter page. Um, it was not appropriate. I did not think that they would fit well with the athletes we have on the team. And so I just, you know, let her know, um, sorry, we're moving forward um, with a different, you know, prospect, you know, thank you for your time. We wish you the best of luck because I did not want to have, you know, maybe some of them, it's a, it's a phase and it's not really them, but I can't, I don't want to risk bringing them on the team and they be a bad, a bad choice. So I'd like to bring up a question to the group. And I think this is kind of an interesting idea. Um, do you think it helps or hurts a student athlete if they don't have social media? Uh, if they don't, don't if they don't participate in social media, do you think it helps or hurts? I don't think it's uh, you know to me I, it's a non-issue. I I mean I, do I look at social media? Yeah, I mean I do. Um, I'm pretty liberal though in in what uh, I kind of allow. I mean obviously if it's there's there's clearly lines in the sand that you can't cross, right? I mean, um, and and I think we all kind of know where those lines might be. Um, and so when they cross those, that, that's a huge, I mean, that's not even a red flag. That's just like a no go. Right. Uh, but if a kid doesn't have social media, I'm not good. I mean, kudos to them for being a little bit different, right. <laughs> of, yeah. of everything you got to put, you got to put your business out there. Um, you know, but I, I guess in this day and age with, with the situation we're facing, do you think it hurts? You know, when yeah, you're trying I, to get a no kid. Yeah, I guess I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I would I guess I don't know. I, I haven't thought of it that way. I just, you know, I always kind of kudos to them for not putting all their business out there. Again, then at that point, it's on me to ask those questions, right? You know, it's a tr yes. to try and ask about their character and try and figure out who they are as a person. Yeah, I, think, uh, I would agree. I, I don't think it, um, you know, hurts a recruit to not have social media. And then I think if they do have social media, I think it's just, you know, a matter of how they use that platform, you know, are they out there trying to promote themselves, um, you know, from an athletic standpoint, um, you know, and just, you know, it, it, I think with everything, it just comes down to a matter of, you know, how, how you use it, you know, if it's a, a positive or, you know, a negative. I think it's, it, it's the introduction and Elena, you talked about it right away. It came, came right off the top. If I get a recruit from an email, we've all got those, hi, my name is so-and-so, and it's just one big-ass paragraph. And you're like, wow, I really don't want to read this. And they might have numbers in there, but write it properly. Give me a little bit of a letter. I think we all grew up knowing how to write cursive and uh, write letters, at least, into to people and proper emails with a proper um, 
closing and all that kind of stuff was well it was was good if i just get a paragraph from some kid i'm that's already a red flag so that's an issue we've got a couple girls on the team right now recruited uh for freshmen that don't have social media at all but every interaction with them was to the point every every interaction john you said peel the layers back of the kids talk to the coaches that's the way to do peel the layers back talk to the coaches find out what kind of kids these people actually are these um excuse me these, these athletes are and then see where they go from there but it's a big deal to make sure that they've got their head on straight. And a lot of our ladies coming in, a lot of our women coming in, actually they all, I believe, have their heads on straight. I'm excited for the class too. You know, one of the things I always look at is how a recruit interacts with their parents. And that, that just is like the, for some reason, that is like always one of the biggest things for me is how they, you know, the level of respect that they have, you know, for their family and, um, you know, that's always, you know, that's probably one of my biggest red flags is, you know, when we, we bring a recruit in and, you know, they're extremely disrespectful to their, you know, their family, that, that has always been like one of my biggest red flags. Well, Scott, I think that's, I, I personally think that's a little tough because, you know, we do recruit a, a very diverse group and a lot of them, you know, they don't have good family lives, you know? So I think at that point, you've really got to, uh, look at the kid, the character, the potential. Um, and sometimes admittedly, you know, we will take risks on a kid because we feel like they can come into our program. We can change their life. Um, you know, that's what we're here for. So, and, and, you know, as, as important as that, uh, family dynamic can be, a lot of these kids just don't have it, you know? And, and so I think, uh, you know, it's important to maybe look at some other, some other potential uh, for those kids. And that's tough. That's, that's a, that's a tough situation sometimes. Yeah. You guys have a set questions that you guys ask, uh, you're incoming from, you're in, you know, the high school seniors, just like an interview. I mean, I know when I do things and stuff like that, I want to know their needs, their wants and, uh, their goals. I, I, I do. I, I always ask them, do you like running? <laughs> That's a good, good That's place a great to start. Question. You know, one of, one of my biggest questions like is why, why are you doing this? You know, what yeah. is your why? You know, because I, I feel like the, the end goal for, you know, so many uh, athletes is to get on a college track and field team. Well, what's your motivation after that? You know, I mean, does it stop now? You, you've met your goal. Like, what, what are you trying to They just to want the T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, they, they, want the, they want to be a part of something, and they want the gear, and they want, you know, to be want able the scholarship. to scholarship friends, and it's, it's a social club. You know, uh, that was one of the big questions that, that we, um, you know, really tried to, you know, ask a lot of our kids is, why, why do you want to do this? You know, um, you know, I think every team probably has some, some kids that, you know, it, it's, you know, probably more social than anything. And, you know, we're, we're trying to get to more of kids that are trying to accomplish something and, um, you know, be a part of, you know, some, some goals of being better at, you know, our sport than, you know, being a member of a, a social club. Mike, what other questions? You mentioned one. Was there any others that you ask? Well, I, I really do ask that. Uh, in all seriousness, yeah. I, I say to them, jokingly, but, but actually I'm, I'm being serious. I say, this is really hard. This is a big commitment why do you want to do this? And I kind of like laugh and giggle a little bit, but um, I have had recruits say, yeah, it is. I don't know. You know, and that's always kind of a red flag. Uh, but the ones that come back with the response of, 
I just like doing this. Um, you know, and then I always followed up with, if you were on vacation, you were on vacation with your family, you knew that, you know, uh, you don't have any teammates, you don't have any coaches around. Would you get up on your own at 6 or 7 a.m. and and go out and lift weights, uh, go to find a local track or go out for a run or, you know, whatever event group you might might be in? Would you go do that on their own? Oh, yeah, I would definitely go do that. Or, yeah, I really look for stuff like that. That's always, to me, a sign of, you know, this recruit is he, he or she is really into it. They're into it. And if they're into it, then I think they, you know, there's a good chance they're going to have a pretty successful career. Um, and then, then I always ask the simple question of, uh, you know, what sparked your interest in Monmouth? What sparked your interest in, you know, whatever school uh, and how they, you know, there's no right or wrong answer. Uh, but it's just how they respond, you know, you know, uh, there's a major here that I really like, you know, I like the distance from home. I've heard good things. I know people that go here, they've had a good experience. So those are all the kind of things I'm, I'm, you know, I'm listening for. But if it's just like, well, the coach contacted me, you know, that's usually not the response, you know, there, there has to be more than just the coach contacted me. It's like, as I told, uh, I, I talked to a couple of really good recruits this week. And as I talked to them, um, I just said, really try to keep in mind, where would you go to college if it weren't for track and cross country? Where would you go to college? Would you go to college there at that place or this place? And I said, if, if, if you would go to that school as just a regular student, then it's probably a great place for you to be a student athlete. If you wouldn't go there as a student, if you don't, if you're not excited about just being a student there, it's probably not the place for you to be a student athlete, uh, even if it is a big scholarship. And even if it is, um, you know, this big brand thing that that uh, that that you want to be a part of. So those are just some of the things that I talk to recruits about. Mike, do you think that's specific to sport? Like, you know, like when you're talking, I'm just saying like across all athletics, like, you know, because I know football and basketball is going to be a lot different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and, and if I'm if I'm being honest, I kind of use them a, as kind of a, an example of, you know, um, look, men's basketball, there's there's somewhere between a 40 and 50 percent transfer rate. I think it's 50 percent now uh, in, in men's division one basketball. It's 50 percent. And a lot of that is due to, you know, making their college decision. I, see, here's the thing. I don't think recruits in that sport have a choice. It's just the way things have been set up. You know, it is, it is what it is. So they're, they're just playing the game and, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, also, I think sometimes those kids aren't, control, aren't in control of their own future in terms of they get sat down by a coach and the coach says, hey, you're not going to get any playing time. And the kid goes, well, I guess I have to leave, right? And so I don't know if it's always within. But in track, we don't necessarily deal with those kind of situations quite as much. But to, to your point, yeah, I, I, I think especially in track when we're dealing with oftentimes smaller partial scholarships, half scholarships maybe, or walk-ons, Yes, choosing the school based on this is where I really want to go to school, uh, I, I think is critical. So I don't know it. You know, we we love to lump college athletics together, but you know, I think we all know we're we're sort of obviously we're playing different sports, but we're really playing different sports. We're definitely in two different worlds. Absolutely, yeah, I know two different worlds. Yeah, no, we are. And, and one thing though, it's a great thing. Fifty percent is unbelievable. We just hired a brand new basketball coach a few right right before COVID hit. 
right around the time COVID hit, we were able to hire a new basketball coach. Just finished our staff a couple days ago. Got seven new transfers in. You know, seven guys. I don't know how many we graduated. Two or three, I think it was. Um, actually, I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah, two or three guys. We had seven new transfers in already. Just completely changed it. And even kids for the one year and kids for this and that. I was like, holy cow! You're right. We don't we don't deal with that stuff. It's another way of doing things. So, recruiting. I think the, 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 one question I, the one question I ask, and I, I like doing it, just because it puts kids on the spot, and it's more my way of peeling the peeling the onion, so to speak. Mm-hmm. To do it at the end of a visit when I got a kid in front of me and I just, I look at them, I ask them, you know, what are you passionate about? And then shut up and let them answer the question. And they, and they kind of look at me like about sport, about life, about school. I said, doesn't matter. Tell me what you're passionate about. Tell me a story. And, and, and I just like to hear what, tell me. And, and if I get a, a kid, you know, in front of me who, who doesn't, maybe articulate uh, much of a, of an answer. I mean, it, it, it obviously doesn't rule that person out by any stretch of the imagination, but that tells me one thing, or if I have another kid who gives me a, you know, a very detailed, you know, specific answer to, you know, whether it's community service or something in their church or, or whatever, right. It doesn't matter. It, it tells me that this person has, has refined something you know, has a little bit more of a refined thought process um, and can reflect uh, on, on their experiences up to that point in their life, which I think at college, right? You, you, I ask this of, of, of our young men and women all the time. You kind of, you know, reflect on your experience, reflect on this season, reflect on this jump, reflect, you know, what did you learn? You know, and, and that kind of maturing process is, is really critical. So I think when you ask somebody what they're passionate about, if they, if they can get an answer, well, they've thought about it. If they can't, you know, maybe they haven't, I mean, they clearly may not have thought about it. So you guys ask a lot about, you know, what other schools you're considering trying to maybe determine a little bit about, you know, the, the kid and, you know, kind of what they're, you know, what kind of challenge they're up for. Cause you know, obviously we're, we're you know, this group here is all division one and stuff, but um, you know, there's so many different levels and, you know, trying to determine, you know, what, what kind of challenge a kid, you know, is, is up for? We, I do. I do. Um, I kind of wait a little bit. I kind of don't mind the, the guessing game of what's going on, but uh, more before they come on campus, because I want to know like, Hey, what are the visits are you, ta- are you planning on taking? Uh, you know, where, where do we fall on the visits? You know, are we the first one? Are we the last one? Are we right in the middle? Cause sometimes that, sometimes that, I think that can give you a indication of where you stand with everything. Um, but then again, I think if you're the first visit and you kept getting dragged out, dragged along and dragged along and dragged along, then for a fact that I mean, you know, they haven't found what they wanted yet. Um, but when we come on campus, and especially when we talk scholarship dollars, yeah, I want to know the other two schools that we're down to. I want to know the next two to three schools that we're down to so I can really hone in. I've already honed everything in, but now I want to be able to come in and be the closer, bring in the ninth inning guy, bring in Josh Hader and say, all right, let's shut the door. Let's figure out how we have to close things up. I like to ask if you could pick five things in a university that you want, like the top, the most important five things in the university that you could have in a perfect world, what would they be? And some of them, you know, they put in athletics and I'm like, all right, give me another one. You know, what are the things that you need 
in a university. And so they kind of give me, you know, a bunch of different answers and it kind of, you know, you can kind of see where their head's at. Um, so that's if, you know, if they really want a big university, um, are they looking at big universities? Like you said, when you ask them, you know, what other places are you looking at? Or if they're looking at small ones, you're like, well, that doesn't fit in what you want. Um, so it just kind of gives a little bit more of a talking point, I think as well, figuring out, you know, okay, does UAB check off, you know, these five things on the list? Do we only have two of the things? You know, what other universities would have maybe all five of these things? And can we show them, you know, UAB has what they're looking for or, you know, wherever you're at has what they're looking for. So it makes them feel a little bit more comfortable and more confident in, you know, their process. I always like to, I don't ever compare other universities, um, but I always say, you know, go and look at every place you can, you know, get a lot of information um, as much information as you can, because yes, obviously we want you here. And what we're doing is we're trying to get them to come to our university versus, you know, somebody else's university. But again, I, I'm here as a coach, not only to, you know, bring our team up, but also to help influence and, you know, kind of be, you know, you have some of those athletes where, they might not come to your university, but you're there and you've helped them kind of make their decision, whether it was good, bad, any type of thing. Um, and so I always think, you know, what if I was in their shoes? How would I want a coach to talk to me and to address me? You know, what information would I want? Um, how am I impacting them with what I say? All great points right there. Anybody else? Yeah, I wanted to add that I think what we're discussing here is so important right now because the pers that personal connection that you know you need to make with a student athlete is is huge because I mean I remember when I was going through this process in high school I had about four or five important voices in my head that were that were helping me make decisions. Now student athletes have a million. You know, they have they have social media pressuring them and, and telling them where to go. And now kids feel this pressure to say, hey, I just got my 57th offer from this school. <laughs> right. Right. And to me, that's just oh, yeah. that's not that's not what this is about. You know, it's about having a connection. Like Mike said, um, where would you want to go to school if athletics wasn't involved? Right. Like, where do you have a connection? And I think that's important that we as coaches have that on our radar and we're looking for that. And we're not just looking for performance numbers. Otherwise our transfer rate is going to be North of 50%. Right. So uh, I think, I think those are the things that even, especially now with us uh, not being able to have the face to face interaction are just so important. So I, I think this conversation right here is very, very important for the future of uh, coaching and collegiate athletics. You know, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, it's because, I had a, a young man leave our program earlier this week and, you know, we all have kids that, that at some point in time quit, quit the team or, you know, don't want to do track or cross country any longer. But one of the things that I've been really impressed with, and I, you know, I guess I'm patting myself on the back a little bit, uh, most of those kids stay at St. Louis university. And so that tells me we've recruited the right kid. And, and obviously, you know, priorities change, experiences change. So when, when the sport is no longer, um, you know, when they're no longer passionate about the sport, but yet they, they feel like, hey, this is a great school for me and I'm going to get a great education and, and I've got good friends and good professors and a good, a good situation. 
that I feel like through the recruiting process, I've, I've, I've done my job to, to identify that the right student for the, for the institution. Um, so I, I do think that personal connection with not only, you know, the, the, the student athlete, but the, you know, all the professors and sports staff and, and everybody that's involved in their experiences is, is important. So, you know, when we, you know, are, are recruiting a lot of athletes and stuff, you know, I, I'm very upfront in saying that, you know, my job is not to convince you to come to Nevada. You know, I, and, you know, I, I try to make that very clear with our, um, you know, our student hosts as well. It's like, you know, we're, we're going to have a lot of people that, that come and visit our campus or we recruit and, um, you know, we're not trying to convince them to come here. We're trying to show them what we have to offer and, you know, what uh, our program's about and, you know, find the, the kids that want to be here. You know, I, I think especially in this day and age where, you know, um, you know, everybody wants the new shiny, um, you know, the, the new thing you know, especially, you know, you, you see, you know, all the athletes with their, I had this offer, this offer. And it's like, you know, well, what's the bright and shiny thing now? And it's, you know, that's probably why we have, you know, some such high uh, transfer rates in some of these sports is because, you know, they're making decisions based off of, well, this is probably the, the cool place to be, or they have the, the next um, best thing or something. So, you know, I, I always try to make it clear that we're, we're not trying to convince them to come here. We're trying to find kids that want to come here and be a part of our program. The right fit. Yes. Right. Fit. Yeah. Thank you. We've always, <clears throat> I took it from a, a gentleman right now. He's out at Penn state as the director of, I think it's the athletic director for, I think hockey, wrestling, and a couple other sports, Mike Cross. He was my uh, boss at Bradley when I was there for a few years. And, uh, one of the things he always asked in his interviews, and again, it seems interesting. It seems, you know, a lot like said, Mike said, do you like running? And some people, somebody said, you know, are you passionate about this? Those are great questions, but we always ask uh, three, three adjectives about yourself and the last book you read. And um, I'm curious, you know, I just would like to know, again, I think it's peeling back some of those layers uh, and that we have to try and find out. And it's interesting because some kids can fly and they know exactly those answers and they're like, yeah, I think this is it. And that's one of those times when, you know, Scott, I think you said it before. I don't talk to the parents. I tell the parents, okay, this is when you guys shut up actually. And then this is just for these guys. I don't want to hear a word. Like after they answered, you can go ahead and answer. But right now it's definitely just leave it up to the student athlete. Cause I don't want the parent to tell them that they're caring and helpful and understanding. Oh yeah. Those things it doesn't help. You know, I want, I want to hear from the student athlete what they think. And if it takes 10 minutes to think up three things, that's fine. Let's just think of what they are, but hopefully they come faster. You know, these rec- your idea and guys and ladies, you, this, these recruiting conversations are unbelievably important. Uh, I just picked up a lot of knowledge from you guys uh, from what we're doing. So hopefully a lot of, hopefully those people who are listening are actually doing a good job uh, picking up some stuff because I think there's a lot of things that we can learn uh, from everybody here on this call and everybody that is, you know, recruiting in these times that are quite interesting. I hope we actually get a chance to get back out there. You know, I think that's one of the things we all miss is, the traveling, the, you know, going to different meets, whether it be, you know, I mean, of course, now not full locker, but New Balance Nationals, a lot of us would have had a full slate of schedules for, you know, high school state championships and things along those lines. So uh, we miss that. And again, it's the human interaction that we'd like to be able to see the student athlete interact with their parents, how they interact with their siblings. Are they controlling, are they, you know, the first one to quip at something or they're like, hey, you know what, this will be okay. And they're very, very respectful to you if you get a chance to, if you're blessed enough to to walk into their house. It's a big deal. So those are kind of the things that are there. 
you know, kind of along those same lines, I, I, I don't know, you know, we're talking about all, you know, recruiting and, you know, visits and going out and visits or going out to, to see athletes and stuff. I, I don't know if you guys as universities have taken a stance on this. Our university hasn't actually taken a stance, but our program track and field cross country has kind of taken the stance of, you know, just because of COVID-19 that we're not going to do official or unofficial visits this year. You know, that's, you know, um, not an easy choice to, to make and stuff, but, you know, I think that might be, you know, kind of the reality that we might be facing, you know, uh, or forced upon us this year. So it's going to be pretty interesting. So why did you guys come to that decision? Cause I mean, as you said, that's a very drastic decision to make as a, not as a university, let's make sure this is clear. It's not as the university of Nevada, but as the track and field and cross country staff, what did you, how did you guys come to that decision? If I can ask, you know, our, our number one priority is the safety of our athletes. Um, we, we didn't feel that, you know, bringing, cause we are, we're kind of in a remote location. A lot of our visits are, um, you know, athletes that are flying in, you know, they're coming from, you know, pretty, um, you know, all over the place. You know, so we just thought that, you know, with them traveling, going through an airport, being on an airplane and then coming and interacting with our team, that we're kind of putting them at risk. Um, we, we just didn't know um, with the current conditions of everything that that would be a wise decision. Obviously, if, you know, things take a drastic turn and, you know, for the better, which we're hoping that we may reverse that decision. But um, as of now, we just want to try to keep our, our team as safe as possible. And that's kind of the decision we came up with. You guys think it'll do probably than than what we started beginning talking about. I think uh, with the recruiting material and doing you know FaceTimes and the videos visits and stuff, you guys are probably gonna. I mean, not probably. You will heavily rely on that kind of thing, correct? Yeah, we will. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's an interesting concept. It's an interesting way to do things, and, I, and I'm actually scared that I'm not scared. I think you guys might be ahead of the curve with if this is a quote unquote curve, but you guys might be ahead of the curve with that decision because it's going to be incredible. I know. Uh, Jordan and I, we've had a lot of kids the last few years, and we were recruiting some kids from up in the north right now, up in Wisconsin and Illinois and, you know, Michigan. And so I hope I stay out of Missouri, you. Matt. I'm stay out of Missouri. <laughs> I'll stay out of there. I'm not coming to New Jersey. Don't worry. I'll stay out of that state. <laughs> I've been trying to get a kid out of Missouri just to, just to rub it in your face, but I haven't been, I haven't been so fortunate yet. No, we just let VCU come in our backyard and do it. We'll take two of them. <laughs> yeah, really good ones too. I don't know if I want to go down to Texas. It might be too hot for us. It's already really hot in Birmingham. I'll tell you what. It would take you a long time to get this far south. <sighs> no. No. Recruiting is going to be an interesting game. I, I would almost have to wonder, depending, and hopefully let's pray that the, everything this weekend, everybody's smart and does what they're supposed to do, do the social distancing, wearing masks, uh, and just being 100% smart and what, you know, what we're asked to do. Uh, hopefully we can lower this curve so that maybe we can sit down and say, you know what, we can. In September, we can have visits. October, we could have visits. Maybe we don't even have visits until January, until after Thanksgiving, everybody's done with the flu. I could, that's one thing that I've talked with some friends about that they could see as having a dead period until January 1 when everybody comes back, and then you have visits in the second half of the year because then you miss that flu bug uh, that everybody's worried about come Thanksgiving and in, you know, into December and all that stuff. I, I mean, you guys think that could happen as well? All cards are on the table, man. I, I'm rolling with the punches. I, I think a lot of this is over our head. It's out of our hands, honestly. Like, 
I've just taken the stance now that I'm just going to be ready when called upon, right? <laughs> so just stay diligent, keep working, and, and, and be ready when called upon. Uh, I think that's a great stance. I, you know, at first you're kind of like, you know, trying to, you know, run around, get everything in order. And soon you realize like it's way out of our, our control. It's the, the sooner you, you kind of realize that it's, you know, you'll be probably a little bit less stressed. Yeah. But you better still have a plan for everything. So, you know, right. Let's, you don't want to be two weeks out and all of a sudden, uh, Oh yeah, we're having a season and you don't have a schedule or you don't have, you know, shoes ordered or T-shirts or, or what have you. So I think uh, it's a lot easier to to have all that stuff in your in your storage room and to use it at a later date than be behind the eight ball. I don't know if we're getting our stuff. I got an email the other day saying uh, – Well, don't tell me that. A bunch of stuff was not on its way because of COVID-19. So. Well, don't tell me that. Wait, you guys, you guys are Nike school, right? I'm wearing Nike. I probably shouldn't be, but uh, we're actually Adidas. I'm sorry, you're Adidas. We just switched to Adidas. You're not breaking contract if it's not on screen. Uh, yeah. If it's not recorded on screen. Guys. Don't take pictures and post it to social media, please. This is going on YouTube now. Uh, I'll, I'll, be getting, I'll be getting a phone call for sure. We're going to put people Matt, on I do, Matt, I do have one question for you now. Yeah. Would, would you hire me if I told you the last book that I read was The Grumpy Monkey? <laughs> man when you got kids in the house that's the reading material that you have at hand what's the moral of the story for the grumpy monkey Ooh, it's point. okay that it's okay to be upset sometimes a good moral See, the funny thing is though you keep creating if you if anybody is interested in this you just got to go to amazon and darren's got his own page there he keeps creating books and cartoons with clem and tang everybody has seen this clem and tang baby Dude, you got to go check these things out. It's freaking hilarious. Clem and Tang is great. And every once in a while, you just I do a little sketch cartoon on the side. Definitely. Uh, quarantine's been – that's what quarantine's done to me. <laughs> um, so before we, we sign off and do this, uh, I think this has been tremendous conversation about recruiting, about the ways to go about things, uh, about what the future could actually be um, and what we actually – you know, hey, what are what red flags? How do we want to see kids approach us and all that stuff? Um, Anybody have anything fun planned? I know today's the third. Anybody have anything fun planned for the weekend at all? Whoa, we got something going on. Anybody birthday going to party. Go? Birthday party's already starting. Okay. I'm, I'm late, man. I'm late. Yeah, birthday party. Anybody <laughs> else? Enjoy. I got 12 U baseball again this weekend. Big, big, big two games on Saturday. Yeah. You are getting yeah, your baseball man. fix for sure. Oh, man. I, I watched more Every baseball. Hey, it was just – it's not bad. I mean, I went to a, went to a college Woodbat League uh, game last night, and uh, – I can tell the college guys haven't played in a while because I think I saw eight or nine walks in seven innings and four hit batsmen and a bunch of throwing <laughs> errors. And, whew, it was some brutal baseball to watch. But, hey, I was, I was watching baseball, so it was, <clears throat> it was a good night. That's a good night. If I was back home, the Milwaukee Milkmen would be playing. I think they open up their season tonight, and I'd go out and watch that wooden bat league. That independent league would be, would be great. But I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, if you have Disney+, Plus, Hamilton is on tonight. So the full version. So apparently we're going to sit down and watch that, which is always entertaining. So, but yeah, thank, uh, but ladies and gentlemen, thank you for uh, pulling up a chair. Thank you for uh, your time, your inputs. I think that was actually some, some incredible, incredible conversations with that. Uh, for those who are listening to this podcast, if you, if you would 
appreciate you. Uh, if you like the podcast, if you found something good with it, please like it on Spotify or iTunes. Please leave a comment, um, tag somebody, share it with uh, whatever you can on social media because uh, the power of social media and the power of uh, word of mouth is the most important and actually the most powerful tool of uh you know, communication that we have. So if you have something, please go ahead and share it with us. If you have a topic you want us to talk about, please let us know. Uh, feel free to go ahead and email us. Uh, my email will be in the podcast, to, will be in the uh, information uh, area for everybody. So once again, to all of our, our panelists, our guests, everybody we have here, thank you for your time. Truly appreciate it. Have a great fourth. Happy birthday, Darren, to your daughter. Uh, Mike, or John, enjoy that uh, 12U baseball up there. That's going to be a blast. But thank you, everybody. Appreciate you coming. And yeah, happy anniversary to you, Matt. <laughs> Thanks for having us. <laughs> Thank Appreciate you. It. See you guys.